With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 15. We'll consider how far a rebuild will take the Mariners in 2021. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have not had uh, three co-brews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Monday, February 8th. I'm Al Melchior, and I am here with Derek Van Riper and DVR. I'm uh, really intrigued by this Mariners team here, especially the prospects, a number of whom I'm hoping will come up this year, but we'll get to find out because uh, we've also got Corey Brock with us here uh, from The Athletic. Uh, So, uh, Corey, thank you so much for uh, joining the show and helping us uh, size up this Mariners team. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been too long, guys. It has. It has. Well, uh, before we get to uh, some of the intriguing uh, questions about the rotation and some of the prospects, let's talk about uh, at least a couple of the veterans in the lineup. Mitch Haneker, we haven't seen much of him uh, the last couple of years, uh, but he would seem to be good to go for uh, the start of 2021. Is there any reason we should be concerned about Haneker from a health perspective? I don't think so. I think, uh, you know, he's been healthy for a while. He said the other day on a Zoom call that his swing uh, feels feels great. Um, you know, I, I in terms of how they're going to probably maybe bring him along a little slower in spring training, but I don't think that's a red flag. I think, you know, once the lights come on and we're in the regular season, he'll be the everyday right fielder. I do think they'll run him out there as DH once in a while to uh, get him off his feet, but uh yeah, you know, I don't know if we'll ever see the 2018 Mitch Haniger, the six-plus war player again, but it's in there. You know, he did show that. So um, really interested to see what he does this year, and certainly he'll give that offense a boost uh, when he returns. Uh, and also Dylan Moore is somebody, I think, who's probably creating some uncertainty uh, in fantasy circles because I don't think anybody really saw his 2020 season coming. What do you think the chances are of something close to a, a repeat of that season in 2021? You know, that's the funny thing, right? And I'm sure you guys have kicked this around a lot. Like, um, you know, how much it seems like, you know, we talk about uh, this 60 game sample size and how how much of it can you really believe? But you know, he's been a nice little player for them for a while, but certainly took a, a leap forward last year. And he's a guy they can move around the infield, the outfield. But um, he did some things offensively last year that really opened some eyes in the organization. And if you look at his batted ball profile, uh, the exit velocity, he was 
he killed the ball. I mean, he just, he drove the ball hard. And I think what's happened now is he's played himself into first consideration to be their everyday second baseman. And if that doesn't work out for some reason, uh, he's still a nice piece for the roster because he can play some left field. Uh, again, he could bounce around a little bit, but you know, if you guys remember way back, way back, uh, I don't know if this was 18, um, I think maybe his first start at third base. Remember, he made three errors on three consecutive plays in a game. And, uh, you know, from a, uh, you know, auspicious uh, beginning, he's made himself into a nice little player. And that's a nice find for the Mariners. So I think they're curious to see how real uh, some of the stuff they saw in 2020 is over a longer period of time. Yeah, I'm definitely in the camp of skeptics when it comes to Dylan Moore. I don't think he's a bad player, but I think he played at a level in the shortened season that he's going to have a very difficult time sustaining over a full 162. But his defensive versatility certainly helps his bid to stay in the lineup throughout the year. Uh, Corey, there was a big surprise in the rotation last year. Marco Gonzalez turned in ace-type results. Now, I don't know if he's ever going to be a guy that's going to strike a ton of batters out, but... He heads up a rotation that does have a decent number of question marks aside from his own performance. You say Kikuchi, the peripherals look good. The results were bad. You know, Justice Sheffield still trying to find his way. What do you make of the top three starters in particular? Do you see value in Yusei Kikuchi maybe taking a step forward given some of the, the hints that we saw in 2020 from him? Yeah, and I think that was a big question uh, going into last year. And uh, as you mentioned, um, I, I don't know, I'm not sure anybody's talking about Marco Gonzalez's performance enough uh, from 2020. You know, in 11 starts, I think he had he finished with seven walks allowed, and like that just doesn't happen anymore. And I think that was nearly 60 innings. So um, he's solid there at the top of the rotation. Kikuchi's an interesting one. You know, I give him a free pass that first year because. You know, you're coming uh, coming to America. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of things thrown at you. He became a dad for the first time. His own father passed away. You know, I just sort of gave him gave him a little bit of a pass. Certainly, the home run was a big bugaboo for him. But um, you know, I think anyone that looks at his ERA last year is uh, really doing themselves a disservice because, I, as you mentioned, uh, you know, below the uh, waterline there, there were some uh, there were some strides that he's made and. Uh, I think the Mariners feel pretty good about where he is going into 2021 and uh, understanding that he understands who he is a little bit better and is maybe a little bit more situated. And then, you know, uh, Justin Sheffield, I just wrote about him the other day. I thought he had a fabulous rookie year, uh, probably merited uh a rookie of the year vote on the back end or something, but you know, he was, uh, you know, I think it's, he benefited a lot from watching Marco Gonzalez. They're kind of similar, right? You know, they're both, they're not very big left-handers. Um, I think uh, Sheffield's traded some of that velocity for location and he's, you know, kind of figuring it out. I think he's going to be fine, but yeah, the rotation bears watching. They're going to go with the six man rotation again. So it'll be uh, interesting. The names they settle on. As far as the, other names that are contenders. Is there anyone that really stands out to you as someone that might be an interesting late round option for fantasy players? Because Chris Flexen comes back after a year in the KBO. Uh, Justin Dunn had some prospect appeal once. And LJ Newsom is one of those guys that he's all command, but at a certain point that can get you pretty far if you're used correctly. And if, if even he takes a small step forward with his stuff, I mean, do you like any of those guys vying for spots in the back of this rotation? 
Yeah, I don't, really don't know what to make of Flexen. Um, you know, he's coming from the KBO, so he's been used to pitching on this uh, in a six-man rotation. So I think that'll fit him pretty nicely. Um, threw a lot of curveballs over there. I'm curious to see how that plays here. Justin Dunn is, is an interesting one for me, guys. Um, come, you know, aside from command issues and some walks, uh, if you go through his game log, it's pretty good. Uh, I think he's got a real chance to step forward. And then I'm sure you're going to ask me about this guy later on, but we're going to see Logan Gilbert at some point in 2021. So if there's an opportunity to grab him late and stash him, uh, boy, I tell you what, they think the world of him. And uh, this is a guy that, you know, despite no minor league season last year, actually made some pretty big gains, added a uh, nasty changeup uh, at the alternate site. So I think, you know, and a former first round guy. So there's some real pedigree here. So I think he's a name to watch. Before we get to prospects, I want to ask you about the bullpen. The Mariners hooked up with the Rangers and acquired Rafael Montero. I think we're all kind of operating in the fantasy community under the assumption that Montero is at least the closer to begin the season. Do you see the Mariners sticking with him? Do you see him being a primary source of saves throughout the year in Seattle? Yeah, I do. I think, um, you know, their biggest issue going into the offseason that they wanted to address, and I think they have by and large, and, you know, they could still add, I suppose. Um, they wanted to shore up their bullpen. It was kind of a mess last year. They had the third highest bullpen ERA in baseball. Um and so, you know, they, they got Montero, they got uh, uh, Keenan Middleton, they signed from the Angels, and then they brought back Kendall Graveman, who really saw some interesting results in terms of, uh, you know, spike in velocity. And, you know, he throws that, uh, that sinker that induces a lot of weak contact. But, yeah, I think as we sit here today, I would say Montero is easily the odds-on favorite to close games for the Mariners. They like his stuff a lot. You know, pretty interesting note all three of these guys had Tommy John surgery in 2018 and certainly knowing that everybody is kind of on their own course in terms of rehab and re rehabilitation. And maybe when stuff comes back and you see a spike in velo, um, I think the Mariners are counting on these three guys now being a little bit more uh, closer to either what they were before TJ or maybe even better. So, uh, you know, three guys there at the back end are pretty interesting, but for me, Montero's the closer. All right, Craig. Well, let's get back to uh, Logan Gilbert here. Uh, so I certainly would uh, be happy to grab him in the later rounds if he's available. But is he somebody who you think that if the season did start on time, maybe would be up by May? Or are we looking maybe a, more of a midseason expectation of a call up? Well, this is where I have to whisper service time manipulation <laughs> <laughs> because that's a real thing um, in today's game. And I think, uh, and this applies too to Jared Kelnick, the talented young outfielder um, who could probably stand to have some more minor league at bats. But in terms of Gilbert, you know, I think he could have pitched in the big leagues last year. Um, I think we'll see him maybe by May or so. And when he comes up, um, you know, he's going to have a spot and they're going to let him go because they feel like his stuff can play. He could get big league hitters out, uh, just very polished. Uh, the command is really good. Low walk rate, a lot of punches. Um, and then again, adding the change up last, uh, last summer in Tacoma, their alternate camp, uh, picked on picked up on it quickly you know for some guys it takes them forever some guys can't even harness that thing but uh he found it pretty quickly and used it quite a bit so um yeah i think yeah he could be a real sleeper late for somebody uh what's your expectation kelnick versus gilbert who will actually make the biggest impact this year of the two? Oh, 
Well, I, that's that's a good one. I think I would say, you know, if they're going six man rotation, I think, you know, and I don't know how many starts potentially that would even mean for Gilbert. But I think there's maybe a slightly higher chance for him to have immediate success just because he's a little bit further along in his development curve. And um, I, I, and Kelnick, he's in really a real interesting one for me. I, I, you know, I think that he's going to be a very good big league player. And, uh, you know, I, I thought about this last year. I even wrote about it um, thinking that, Hey, you know, the, with the expanded playoffs, the Mariners were kind of just hanging around, right. You know, like nobody was really pulling away from things in September, early September. And I thought, you know, should they bring this guy up? Should they bring him up? And, um, you know, he's going to help the offense some. But really, if you think that he's going to be a major piece for your uh, big league lineup in 2021, why not let him get his feet wet in basically what is a no-risk environment, right? There's no gut, there's no fans sitting out in left field uh, uh, peppering him with insults. You know, he could get his at-bats. He could learn – uh, about the big leagues, the travel and all that. But again, I don't write the checks. So I think we'll see him probably in May as well. All right. Well, I guess we just got to let 2020 go and uh, look forward to him playing this year. And maybe I'm pressing my luck here, but any chance we see Julio Rodriguez sometime this year? You know, I get asked that a lot. And, you know, my, my first in- inclination is hell no. Right. You know, this guy is still so young. Um, he was uh, he finished the 2019 season in advanced a Modesto um, did really well there in a short sample size. But like, you know, he, he needs he needs a full season of minor league at bats. Um, I, I would hate to place limitations on him because he seems to be surpassing those wherever he goes. Every time I see him, he looks bigger. Um, his hands are huge. Um, and if you guys have ever heard him speak or seen anything, he, he's got the most infectious personality of any guy in their system. He's a lot of fun. He loves baseball. Um, his time is coming. I, I will say this. If you see him in the big leagues in 2021, man, he must have done something incredible during the minor leagues to merit that because um, I, I just don't see where it would be prudent for the Mariners to do that. But again, if he, he he's going to determine his own timetable, right? And if he pushes things and he excels, like I said, I wouldn't rule anything out with him, but I would say it's unlikely. All right, Corey. Well, uh little bit of a, a wet blanket there. But uh, on the other hand, if, uh, you know, there's rumors he might come up, then well, I'll certainly tuck away what, uh, you know, what you were saying about him forcing his own timetable. So that's that's great stuff. But uh, that's going to be all the time that we have for this episode of uh, Fancy Baseball in 15. If you're listening to this podcast on a platform that lets you leave a rating and review, we would greatly appreciate it if you take the time to do that. And uh, Corey Brock, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, spend with us here on Fantasy Baseball in 15. Really appreciate all the uh, knowledge and information and uh, best of luck to you uh, this season. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Our pleasure. So for Corey Brock and for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we will be right back here on Tuesday. <laughs>